0: Gresham College presents 21st Century Threats, HIV, AIDS by Dr. Marcus Harker. Good evening. My name is Marcus Harker and uh, today I will give the first lecture on 21st Century Threats, HIV, AIDS. Um, Even though I come from the London School of Hygiene, I'm actually not a medical person. I'm not even a health economist. Um, I grew up with macroeconomics and development issues, and I came across the issue of HIV-AIDS for the first time in 1999, pro- I mean professionally. And at that time, I had just joined the International Monetary Fund as an economist, and uh, as my first assignment, they put me in charge of the Swaziland desk, and uh, that put me into a position of... Uh, having to address how do you actually provide economic analysis and economic policy advice in a country where 25% of the adult population is infected with a deadly disease, no treatment uh, um, on the horizon at that time, so on their way out within the next uh, couple of years. And uh, this... uh, this issue uh, has stayed with me ever since. I later worked with people at the IMF, the World Bank, UNAIDS, ILO, to provide some answers on the macroeconomic dimension of HIV-AIDS, how to uh, how to um, provide some policy advice to, uh, say, Ministry of Finance uh, in a country that is affected by a severe HIV epidemic, and... Uh, as the global response to HIV evolved over the last few years, I have worked most, uh, more closely with institutions like the World Bank uh, or UNAIDS to better understand the fiscal consequences of HIV-AIDS and the national response to it, and inform more specifically uh, the financing and the design of HIV programs. Today's presentation builds on this experience. It describes HIV-AIDS as a complex health and development challenge, or as the lecture series puts it, a 21st century threat. In addition to the immediate health impacts, we will be looking at the macroeconomic, distributional, and social aspects of the epidemic And discuss the global response to HIV AIDS from this angle. HIV AIDS is a relatively new disease. It is thought to have emerged as early as the 1930s. However, the first cases of HIV were documented only in the early 1980s among gay men in the United States. Soon after, Wasting disorder, which had emerged in uh, Eastern Africa, in particular Uganda, uh, was linked to AIDS. And uh, by the by 1984, the uh, this human <sighs> immunodeficiency virus uh, was established as the cause of AIDS. Um, by the mid-1980s, cases of HIV infection among heterosexual people became more common in uh, the United States, and increasingly. Uh, In uh, well across the world, Um, the first and the first drug for treating AIDS was approved only in 1987. Let's take a look at the global course of HIV since then. Um, As early as 1990, just about 10 years after. the disease has come to the attention of the global public. Uh, already there were about 9.5 million people living with HIV-AIDS and the epidemic has continued to escalate from that point, uh, increasing uh, to this day, uh, reaching about uh, about 20, 26 or so million people infected by 2000. And this uh, number has now increased to 34 million. Uh, HIV incidence uh, has escalated rapidly from the 1980s well into the 1990s, peaking at about 3.4 million people annually. It has since come down somewhat, but still today about point million people are infected with, or 2.2 million people are infected with HIV uh, each year, and over the last years also, uh, HIV incidence has not come out as uh, quickly as uh, previously. Over the last few years, uh, a new development is apparent in uh, this figure, and that is, the decline in HIV mortality, which, uh, of course, reflects the global scaling up of treatment. Um, as late as 2004, very few people across the developing world, uh, about 100,000, uh, were receiving any treatment. And expanding access to treatment was a priority of the global response to HIV and the focus of the World Health Organization's 3x5 initiative, aiming to extend treatment to 3 million by 2005. And uh, this drive to, H- uh, to extend treatment was largely successful. Um, by 2010, it is now estimated that 6.6 million people across the developing world are receiving or were receiving Treatment and, as a consequence, the number of AIDS deaths was uh, reduced by about one third. However, the WHO and UNAIDS estimate that at least 15 million people were requiring treatment in that year. This means that less than one half of people in need of treatment uh, were receiving it. And even if uh, one takes into account that actually many people who would require treatment are not aware of their HIV. Status, this describes a situation which still is very far from uh, universal coverage of treatment. Uh, One of of the peculiar, if you will, aspects of HIV is that uh, the perception uh, as a major global health and also as a major global development challenge has motivated an unprecedented global response. Uh, The Joint United Nations Program on HIV-AIDS, in short, UN AIDS, was established in 1995 and charged with coordinating the global response and the United Nations have held several special sessions on HIV-AIDS and have placed uh, HIV-AIDS highly among the uh, Millennium Development Goals. Um, Another innovation in the global public health or development uh, architecture that uh, the impact of uh, hiv has motivated is the establishment of the global fund to fight hiv tuberculosis and malaria uh, which is largely uh, funded by national governments and uh, the objective is uh, to challenge uh, to channel uh, this uh, international support uh, to uh, national well, national health programs, uh, in particular HIV. 60% of the funding that uh, comes from the Global Fund uh, is dedicated to HIV programs. Um, the exceptional role that the international community has attributed to HIV is also apparent from the uh, level of the financial support to the global response to HIV. UNAIDS estimates that HIV spending from public sources amounted, uh, so all spending f- by governments, all spending supported, say, by institutions like the United States government through its uh, 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 HIV program, uh, all these uh, all the spending from public sources amounted to about 16 billion across low and middle-income countries in 2009 of which external aid accounted for about one half, uh, uh, 7.6 billion US dollars, which is a staggering number. This means that HIV disbursements accounted for 5% of all global development assistance and for 38% of uh, all disbursements in the areas of health and population policies combined. In spite of these achievements, the global response to HIV appears to be in a state of crisis. HIV funding has not kept pace with the increasing costs of the global response to HIV, and most visibly, recently, the Global Fund has postponed its call for funding proposals because of concerns about its own funding sources. As a consequence, uh, the head of the Global Fund has subsequently resigned. Now, what now I come to a question of what explains or justifies this exceptional status of HIV as a global challenge or, as the title of this lecture series puts it, as a 20th, uh, 21st century threat. To find an answer to this question, I will look at two aspects of the epidemic. One, the contribution to the global burden of disease And second, the distribution of the epidemic across countries. And my reasoning is that an epidemic qualifies as a a significant global health challenge if it scores high according to two criteria. First, of course, it needs to contribute significantly to the global burden of disease, and uh, it needs to be or and or uh, it needs to be correlated with other development. Challenges. This second criteria, criterion deserves some explanation, uh, as it transcends the sphere of public health. So we are not taking much broader development perspective. It, however, it does reflect a powerful motive behind the global response. So in order to understand uh, the global response to HIV/AIDS, it is necessary to also take into account this uh, that it is uh, also perceived as a Uh, development issue the vast majority of people living with HIV are located in developing countries and unsurprisingly a disproportionate share of deaths occurs there at the outset it is therefore a legitimate concern that HIV AIDS is widening global disparities in living standards and that it does undermine the development prospects among some of the most disadvantaged countries from a global bird's eye perspective, the impact of HIV-AIDS is fairly small. HIV-related mortality accounts for about 3% of all deaths in 2008. Uh, um, over the last 20 years, uh, well, let's um, want to understand what this 3% uh, actually means. But one, one way is comparing it to communicable diseases, um, and by that count, HIV globally accounts for about one in seven Um, deaths from communicable diseases. um, Globally, the major cause of uh, uh, death is non-communicable diseases, and uh, deaths from non-communicable diseases are about 20 times higher than HIV. Um, If you look at it over time, uh, mortality has uh, declined by about 14% globally over the last 20 years and would have declined by these numbers by 17% in the absence of HIV. That means that um, um, this HIV-AIDS perceived as a global health shock has wiped out health gains in equivalent of health gains in other areas uh, that have been achieved that are, or that are normally achieved over a period of four years. Um, the profile of HIV deaths however is peculiar because most deaths occur among young adults so to get an idea of the impact of uh, HIV globally it, uh, <coughs> one obtains a much sharper picture looking for example as the uh, World Health Organization does uh, at the impacts of HIV in the 15 to 59 age group, which ex- excludes both uh, infant and child mortality, and it, it excludes most deaths linked to typical uh, old age-related conditions. Uh, by this count, uh, the impact of uh, HIV uh, is much more pronounced, uh, accounting for 8% of premature adult deaths now one important aspect of HIV is that uh, the uh, epidemic is concentrated in a number of countries especially in sub-Saharan Africa of 33 million people living with HIV globally 23 million are now located in sub-Saharan Africa This is significant also from a development perspective uh, because this region includes many of the poorest countries globally and so at least according uh, to regional averages it appears that the health impact of HIV does exacerbate economic disadvantages in living standards the role of HIV across Sub-Saharan Africa is also apparent uh, from the mortality data. HIV accounts for 13% of all deaths there and that probably is an understatement uh, of the impact of HIV in Africa because other, uh, other causes of death and therefore crude mortality are also much more prevalent in Africa. So if one looks at the absolute uh, contribution of HIV to uh, the burden of mortality in Africa. This is about uh, five times uh, higher than the global average. Hmm. As noted earlier, uh, crude mortality is a mixed bag as far as the um, contribution of HIV to the burden of disease is concerned as it also includes the uh, young and the old age groups so if we look uh, uh, at the burden of disease again in this 15 to 59 age bracket actually uh, the impact of HIV in sub-Saharan Africa comes out very high uh, accounting for more than one quarter of all adult deaths across the region region. and uh, Uh, with that uh, one word of caution Um, while it is well known that the epidemic is concentrated in sub-Saharan Africa at the same time there are very large differences in HIV prevalence across countries within the region Uh, it includes a number of countries like uh, Eritrea, Nigeria, Mauritania where HIV prevalence is actually on about the same level as in the United States, less than 1%. On the other hand, the region includes a number of countries where HIV prevalence exceeds 10% and a few countries where HIV prevalence is higher than 20%. So while it is true that the HIV epidemic is concentrated in sub-Saharan Africa, it is also uh, distributed very unevenly uh, across Africa. One of the aspects of the threat of uh, HIV-AIDS is the extent to which it is bound up with other development challenges. And let's take a closer look at this economic dimension. It is also a good uh, opportunity to compare HIV with some other diseases commonly tied up with economic development or poverty, such as uh, tuberculosis or malaria. What um, I have prepared here is a figure that uh, shows the uh, contribution of these three conditions to mortality across low-income countries, that's about the uh, country, uh, the 35 countries globally with the uh, lowest level of income, and it includes many countries with high HIV prevalence like Malawi, Mozambique, uh, Kenya. And uh, the next highest category, which is lower-middle-income countries, including some HIV hotspots like uh, Swaziland or Lesotho. What this figure shows us is that uh, infectious diseases play a disproportionate role across these developing countries where um, uh, accounting for about 90% of all deaths across uh, developing (coughs) countries Um, looking at the uh, role that tuberculosis, HIV and malaria play tuberculosis is not really a (coughs) a typical disease which is tied up with low level of uh, development, actually the burden of tuberculosis uh, deaths is much more pronounced in the (coughs) <coughs> in the uh, economically more advanced of these developing countries, uh, in the lower middle income countries, um, HIV/AIDS also is not is not a straightforward uh, disease of uh, development. Uh, actually, um, HIV uh, well HIV/AIDS deaths are concentrated in low income countries, but. Uh, Overall, HIV mortality uh, um, is uh, not, uh, it's similar to other infectious diseases and actually 75% of HIV deaths uh, occur among uh, low and lower middle income countries. That is actually less than for infectious diseases overall. This could be misleading because uh, of the large weight of South Africa, which is not uh, included there, but still compared to malaria where 99% of all deaths occur in this country group, HIV AIDS is much less concentrated and among low income countries and tied up with economic disadvantages across countries. Now if we I don't mean to uh, conduct a horse race with this. Uh, the, um, what I'm trying to uh, come, up, uh, come to grips with here is uh, the uh, health uh, and development challenges posed by HIV <coughs> and the extent to which the impact of the health impact of HIV is tied up with economic development is important because it's meaningful in terms of the country's capacities to respond to the epidemic, and in terms of the impacts of the epidemic on the household level, and in terms of the motive for support along the lines of development assistance. The broad assessments of the impact of HIV by region or income do not capture one critical aspect of HIV, and that it... I noted that earlier for Africa, is the fact that it is distributed very unevenly across countries. Um, I had noticed that HIV prevalence in some sub-Saharan African uh, countries is lower than in the United States, States, but the uh, continent does also include uh, some some HIV hotspots with prevalence over 20%. So to illustrate uh, the extent to which HIV is concentrated in a few uh, countries or regions, uh, I compare it to the global distribution of income. Most people would have a broad idea or could visualize the global distribution of income and would consider it uneven. Looking at the uh, distribution of people living with HIV, which uh, are lined up below the blue curve here the uh, it appears that the distribution of HIV is uh, that HIV is much more concentrated across countries for example the richest countries